Thanks for tuning in to Tax Strategy Digest, where we explore the fascinating world of finance. Join us as we dive into the stories, insights, and experiences of experts, thought leaders, and everyday people who are making a difference in this field. Through engaging conversations and thought-provoking discussions, we'll take a deep dive into the latest research, trends, and innovations shaping finance. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something new on this journey here with us. Welcome to this episode of Tax Strategy Digest. Today, our guest is Andrew Zimmer. Andrew was an engineer by trade, but realized he is an entrepreneur at heart. He helps lead the Zimmer Law Firm with his wife, Tracy. Andrew, thanks so much for joining me on the episode today. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. This is going to be good. I'm really excited. So, Andrew, why don't we get started? Tell us a little bit about your story. Absolutely. So, you know, you go, I guess, back to college, and I was the kind of typical engineer. I'm a bit introverted. I like math, so it made sense to get into electrical engineering. And as I came up through that, I you know, had different engineering jobs. I worked at Northrop Grumman. Um, I worked at Rolls-Royce, and then most recently at Bettis Atomic Power Laboratory. And I didn't love it. I was good at it. Um, it, was, it seemed like what you do, right? It was a good steady W-2 job. I had good benefits. So kind of check those boxes of what like we're supposed to do. And during that time, I met my wife, Tracy. She was an attorney in estates and trusts and had always expressed an interest in starting a firm. And kind of towards the tail end of my career, she made that happen and founded Zimmer Law Firm in 2017. And I quickly realized, wow, helping nights and weekends and picking up these different things that I could offload from her was more fun than what I was doing kind of during my nine to five. And it gave me pause of, hmm, maybe I really am an entrepreneur. Maybe I need to start to rethink this. So that's what kind of got that going. Um, and then fast forward about nine months into that, she said, I think we would grow faster if you were here all the time. I had to think about it. That was gut check time. And after a couple of days said, yeah, let's do it. And so in 2018, I joined her at the law firm full-time. Wow. Okay. And it's been, you know, just love it. I guess not first sight, but uh, you've loved it ever since. I truly have. It's hard. Um, anybody that's in the entrepreneurial space or owns a business, uh, we're a special kind of crazy and we get that, but it's really fun. It's incredibly rewarding. And you know, we've, we've had a lot of success. It doesn't mean it's not been without its challenges or, you know, kind of headaches or whatever along the way, but we're coming up on a 10 X from year one of revenue. We, you know, we've grown a team. We are able to do all kinds of things. You know, the business really helps us and allows us to have a lifestyle that we want while we get to help people and do really amazing work for the folks in our community. And so, you know, for us, that's the perfect fit. Um, but yeah, it all started back there. kind of a, a dream of when she walked in one day in January, 2017, it said, I'm starting my law firm like right now. And so we, we took it off from there. So what was it like for you to, I mean, you know, hypothetically burn your ship, right? Uh, you know, you change careers. It's challenging. Um, you know, when people sometimes see success or see where we're at now and they can go, you can't relate or you don't understand. I absolutely do. Um, you know, the law firm quickly was having success and we really realized that me coming in in 2018, it was not at the revenue levels and profit levels that need to sustain two of us. So we gave up healthcare, we gave off the guarantee time off, we gave up salary. Um, and that was a big bet on ourselves and really a huge bet of Tracy on me. Um, I tell people, I, I did not have the confidence then that I have now. I didn't bet on myself. She bet on me back then. 
and that was hard. Um, handing in your resignation letter, I, I put it into playing Texas Hold'em and, and putting all your chips in and standing up, saying I'm all in. Um, I, I really did that, and it's gut check time. It's scary. It's hard. Uh, yeah, I did. I burned my ship. I mean, I burned the bridges there, but really, I didn't give myself a way out. Um, failure. I did not want to fail. I did not want to go back to engineering. So I was fully committed to making this work at any cost, and we did. By the end of 2018. We had over doubled. We were making more than we had made, you know, 365 days prior and went, this was the best decision we ever made. And it's just gone up from there. We're having so much more fun, less stress. But that that 2018 was a hard year. There was a lot of stress. There was a lot of dipping into savings and going, at what point does this become not a good idea? And we just kept working hard and building and more relationships and being strategic and, and put it on a beautiful path. Where was the turning point? Was there a day or a time where you guys just, you're like, this is it, it's going to work? We saw it kind of the whole time. I mean, every month we had had growth from Trace's very first month in 2017 of running the firm was probably what a lot of people would consider success if they maintain that forever. And so from that to the end of the year, we knew that this was an upward trajectory. <clears throat> what Tracy really identified and pushed me on was, the a lot of our growth is because we can split duties so you know a lot of owner entrepreneurs they do everything well we've been able to split that in half and double the effort moving forward where i take on roles tracy takes on roles and we we overlap on not a whole heck of a lot and she saw that that was going to be a path to really big success for us early on and so when she came in december and went we, we have a five-year plan. I think it's going to be close to impossible or really hard to hit it without you here. So why don't you just come in and let's just double or triple down or else I'm hiring your replacement. So that was the like, oh, let's go do it. And so really that December's we looked at everything and you saw that that growth path we had had, it made sense that this was going to continue. And we only needed at that point, you know, 30 or 40% more growth to make it work. And it went, I, I feel like we have to be able to do this. We're smart people. We're hardworking. And we, I think we can brute force it if needed. And so that's what made us commit to that. What is the importance, you would say, of marketing for um, for attorneys? Marketing and sales, maybe? Oh, my gosh. You're you're jumping into, like, my favorite topic. Um, Perfect. You know, they, they don't teach that in law school. I didn't go to law school, but I, I interface with attorneys all the time. And they do not teach marketing. They do not teach how to get in front of the people. They they teach you kind of how to think like an attorney. And we can, the attorneys can really go back and forth on what value does law school bring? What do they learn? What do they not learn? But they absolutely do not learn how to get in front of people to then practice their craft. And, and that's so valuable and so important because it's kind of like this chicken or the egg thing. If you can do the best work ever and you have the perfect legal solution, doesn't matter if you don't have anyone to do it for. And so that's where the marketing comes in is you actually have to be able to get in front of people or if you're at a firm, that firm does. And what you realize is that across the people that go to law school, they pass the bar, there's a level of competence that generally speaking, all attorneys have. And that's just an accepted known fact of, well, of course you can do this. What starts to set people apart are the ones who can market and then actually do the sales aspect and close and get their own clients. They become unicorns. You can, in fact, be irreplaceable by just getting clients and never even practicing the law. And, and you see that with these folks who go, I do good legal work, but I can go get in 
$400,000 worth of clients. They can write their meal ticket because they're valuable on the revenue generation side of another law firm. And that's who makes partner. That's who gets all the perks. That's who gets treated better. And folks go, well, I want to, I, I bill a lot. Across the board, anybody with work ethic can bill hard. Anybody can get the work done. It's who can really go get it in is the big differentiator. So that's why I'm so huge on attorneys learning marketing and sales. And they all freak out over the term sales. If you're in a in some kind of communication with somebody where they need what you offer and there's going to be an exchange of money for it, congratulations, it's sales. So how are you helping these attorneys differentiate themselves in the marketing and the sales? Yeah. So earlier this year, um, in January, 2023, you know, I had always helped, I guess, let me go back. I'd always helped people. I love this. I love connecting. I love giving back. And so I was always on these zoom calls, talking to people about how to structure Google ads for their law firm or sales techniques or ways to implement systems and processes. And went, this is so fun for me. And I had a coach who challenged me and said, why don't you build a business around that where you could actually do it? You can be compensated. You'll, you can get into all of the knowledge you have instead of what can I share with you in the next 30 minutes, actually build a system where we can have recurring, you know, time together to really work on it. And so in January, we created Vertex League, which is for, you know, estates and trusts attorneys to really build on their marketing um, systems and leadership. So from that marketing standpoint, yeah, we, I've now created a community with Tracy where we get together with attorneys and, go all the way in on how do you build out a proper marketing, you know, side of a law firm. Great. So I was actually going to ask you what the Vertex League is and how, if there's an attorney listening, how could they be become a part of that? Yeah. So, you know, we are unique to folks that are at least a portion in estate planning, elder law, you know, probate, trust administration, that side of space. But yeah, we really focus on what we consider to be the core triad of great businesses, which are marketing systems and leadership. So it's got weekly calls where we do training and, and kind of teach people in a live space. We have a monthly mastermind where you're now pulling together, I think there's 38 of us. So yeah, we've got, I mean, it's a great call when you're pulling in 38 great minds across the country of what is the best way to really run the business of your law firm. You know, all the past calls are recorded. There's a vault, we have a podcast. So it's this really cool community. And then we can jump in our Facebook group that's private and ask questions and support each other, celebrate each other's wins. And you realize it's a super fun group of people who are, um, it's kind of, you know, Steve Jobs said, right, the crazy ones, you know, that was kind of the calling card. That, that's us. We know it. We're, you know, not everyone's cut out to be an entrepreneur and that's okay. But when you are, you're wired a little differently. And so it's a place for us to come together and say, look, we all have a tie to an estate planning practice. We're all entrepreneurs. Where can we come together and have a community? Perfect. So in some of our, um, some of our past conversations, we've talked about, you know, like, uh, time off and having a work-life balance. How have you been able to achieve that? Because I know you you mentioned at the beginning, you, you didn't have that at all, right? With uh, you and your wife, you guys were really just, you know, working nights, weekends, whatever it was, you gave up your healthcare. But how have you been able to not only establish that work-life balance for yourself, but also help other attorneys do the same? Yeah. So, you know, let me showcase we're in 2017, we really couldn't take time off. And if we took time off, that meant revenue ground to a halt. Nothing got done. You just, you hit pause on your business. Yeah. 
there's going to be people listening that go, yep, that's me. That's hard to be there. That's where burnout happens. That's where you're just, it's high stress where if you're not doing it, it does not get done. Fast forward to this year. Um, I mean, it's just after Thanksgiving. I think I just took off my like 47th day of the year. Tracy's at almost 55 days. Um, we still have Christmas and a handful more days coming up. We we typically take, you know, a lot of long weekends, some week long trips. I mean, we travel a ton. And so you go, so we started with none of that. And we are now at a place where I go, I can just take trip after trip after trip. It's really on the leadership side of having a team. It's it's not just hiring well and bringing in A players, but then delegating to them and entrusting them to do the job and actually letting them and saying, you know what, you can maybe do this better than me. I'm going to get out of your hair. If you need an obstacle move, I'm here to help. But otherwise, I actually trust you and make sure you can do that job and letting them. And when you do that, you go, oh, I guess I'm not needed as much, which is the point if you're going to move from owner employee to just owner. The goal is to not be the employee anymore. So you then move to more strategic planning, coaching people, helping them, making them better, helping the whole team come together. But you stop saying, I need to be the one that's going to write the check or run the meeting or prepare the document. You actually build a superstar team that can do that for you. And that's where that time off comes from. And it's hard because I think as entrepreneurs, folks are typically type A. They don't believe anybody else can do it as good of good as them. And so the catch then is you never give up those reins. And if you don't give up the reins, you can't have the time off. You can't have the work-life balance. When you give that up, that's what you gain back is so much time. A lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, um, just like you said, I think that one of the biggest things is not entrusting others and being able to kind of let it go a little bit. Have you seen that with a lot of the attorneys that you've worked with? It's super hard. Um, you find there's the folks starting out. So the true solopreneur that's getting ready to make their first hire and they, who do they hire first? You know, should it be an attorney to offload that? Should it be an admin to get off the, the, the lower level work? And they're very curious about it. And I always like to, one, I believe it's best to get the the lower kind of level work off because if you're capable of kind of doing a higher dollar an hour work, keep yourself at hundred dollar an hour tasks, thousand dollar an hour tasks, $10,000 an hour tasks. So don't do the $10 ones. Don't do the $50 ones. So hire for that. Plus they do tend to be easier. They do tend to be a bit more repetitive. So it's a good chance then to start kind of building the muscle of delegation and trusting somebody else. You're going to have a harder time handing over your number one client and how to run that meeting or prepare those documents, you know, in the law firm case, that's harder to do than maybe printing out the stickers for the return, you know, the return stamps on the envelopes. Somebody has to do every one of these things to so start there and just giving it up in a, in a true delegation manner and learning how to do it. So you see it there. We see it with folks who join our group and say, you know, I've got an attorney, two staff, you know, they've got a team of three, four, five people. And you realize they're maybe not holding them accountable. They, they, there's just no real defined roles of who does what, and it's helping them structure and look, we need to put some rules in place. There needs to be an understanding of who's doing what there needs to be accountability. Um, and we're going to, you know, get into this boat and we're going to row together, but you're the captain, you're in charge of getting it to the destination. And sometimes what you find is that you have people that are not really in your boat. And sometimes you have to make that decision on, I'm going to offer to let you get back in, but if you're not in, I'm most concerned about my boat and the people in my boat. And so if you want to do your own thing, maybe it's time for you to go join a different boat. <laughs> 
So Andrew, are you um are you helping others, uh, other attorneys with their marketing, things like Google ads, Facebook ads? Um, what have you found to be the best? And if you are helping them, if not, can you talk about kind of what you do help them with? Yeah. I help from the coaching perspective of I'll teach you how to set it up. I will teach you how to do it. So it's yeah. let you do it yourself or then know what to look for if you're partnering with an agency. I, I do kind of know then the right people in the space because I've had a lot of success doing it for myself. Um, at least as of right now, I have zero desire to create a digital marketing agency or company and do this for people. Because people ask, hey, will you do Google Ads for me? No, I've got a series of videos. I've got a book on it. You can learn how to do it. Um, follow my method. My blueprint is, is highly successful. But nope, I'm not going under the hood and doing it. Um, it's really because, going back to the task thing, I, I, it's not a business I want to be in. It's it's truly not interesting to me. And I'll be honest, I've not yet figured out how I could run that business profitably without me doing the low level work. I do not want to be under the hood in somebody else's Google campaigns. Um, that being said, in the estate world, Google ads works insanely well. Facebook ads pushing to webinars work well. Um, good old fashioned referral marketing in like building relationships where you can, you know, actually send people back and forth works well. Yet so cool is part of the mastermind. Um, we had one back in August and the mastermind topic was what is the number one way you're getting clients and ultimately revenue. And I think on that call, there was, you know, 15 of us or something. Pretty much everybody had a top way that was different from everybody else's. Like there was minimal overlap. And so it was great was you could see people go, I do 300,000 a year just on this. I do 600,000 just on this. I do 155,000 just on this. You know, and, and you went, oh my goodness, you could just pick and choose any of these, drop up one to 200K into them. And you could double the size of your law firm overnight by just using what works. So it's never really that there's like, this is the way, or this is the only way. It's really piggybacking off of the correct strategies and tactics for the things that are already working in the estate world. So I have to ask, um, how was getting to meet one of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, <laughs> Alex Ramosi? I mean, that was pretty cool. I was watching his live, his LinkedIn live, and all of a sudden you popped up and I go, yep. wait a minute, is that Andrew? Yeah. And uh, it was, I was like, no way. So tell me about that experience. How was it? It was really cool. Total shock. So he had posted um, that he was going to do the Q&A. You could drop a comment in the comment section with a, a question for him. So I thought I'll throw one in, um, try to be thoughtful. So I put one in and didn't think anything of it because, you know, his posts get, you know, 10,000 comments and things like that. I was on a meeting, got out of a meeting, checked my phone and had a DM from him and a guy on his team saying, hey, do you want to be on the call? So still, I didn't think much of it. I mean, this was cool, but I'm going, it's an hour. You I bet he's doing a minute, you know, just going to read through and we wait for something. I bet there's going to be 50, 60 people on this call. And when they set it up and there were six of us and you really realized you were going to get to have some one-on-one -on -one time with him, he knew who we were. You know, we were having some real dialogue. It was really awesome to be able to, you know, sit down across from somebody who is significantly further along the path. And that's what this is about. That's why I help others we're all on the same path or journey. It's just, we're at different stages and it's about helping the next person. And it meant a lot to me that Alex took 10 minutes of his time to give me some actionable thoughts and advice. Um, I try to replicate that to the next person and, and help along the way, because we can all do that. You're always kind of below somebody and, and above somebody. We'll pull that person up to your level and then you guys can go together the next one. So that's what it, it was really cool to be there. 
I love what Alex does. I love just his model's great. I mean, he he is betting on helping a lot of people for free because if it, somebody makes it work, they can then go into his acquisition.com model where then that's what pays his bills now. And so he it's working to the point where he can help a ton of people get a, put a lot of value out there, create a lot of goodwill, have a lot of fun, and it's still lucrative and working well on the business end for him. So it was cool to do that. We had a couple of messages back and forth afterwards too, where we talked a little further on things and he's just a super cool guy, truly down to earth. Um, He's the real deal though. So if somebody's listening, it's like, I've heard of that guy. You have to follow me. You have to get his books. They There is nothing else out there in the business space like what he is putting out. And then on top of it, it's free. <laughs> no, he is the man. I listen to all of his like audio books. I mean, those are free too. Like he yes. literally makes it so free and easy to access. And it's so much amazing information. Um, he's actually part of the reason why I started this podcast because I liked listening to his. So that was pretty cool as well. Um, but uh, kind of on the same topic, I want to talk about mindset because in the past, we've talked a little bit about mindset. Um, could you just go over what you think the importance of having um, just a positive mindset is? This is one of these areas I love to get into. So it's it's truly what will change your business, your personal life, your relationships, everything hinges in mindset. And as a highly logical electrical engineer who likes to solve problems on spreadsheets, that doesn't add up. Okay. Having a different mindset doesn't, is really this intangible that I can't calculate for. And so my entire background was just hard work, get out in front of problems, solve problems. And I joined a coaching group about three years ago and a huge piece of it was mindset and really challenged me to focus on mindset. And that was when we had the biggest, I had the personal biggest growth in my own personal life, the portions of what I do at the law firm. At the same time, Tracy was in a program and really was mindset focused and same thing. And we would just come out of our coaching calls every week going, oh my gosh, this is just enlightening. And I've learned so much. And that's what I've really found is learning like tactics, strategy, a, a blueprint for how to do the work is very important. That can shortcut a lot. If you actually have the belief in yourself, if you actually are looking for the things kind of coming down the pike, they show up. And, you know, Simon Sinek does a cool little video I've seen about, you know, skiers, right? The skiers that do the glade runs and they go between the trees and you can't look for the tree. You have to look for the path. Well, if we're in a negative space, we see the tree and we hit the tree. If we're in a positive space and we're just looking for a pathway through, you don't hit the tree. You just make your way through it. And it's the whole same thing if I say, don't think of an elephant right now. Okay, well, that's the only thing I can think about. It's like truly what you put in is what you get out. And when you're in that mindset space of I can do a great job, I am a great leader, I am working to get better, I am going to close these deals, I can get people to say yes, I am a good person, I am you know smart and hardworking, I'm dedicated, I'm going to help others, I do help others. That truly shifts. Like when you put that kind of language into yourself, you you get that out. So it's getting rid of the wishy-washy or I maybe, or I don't, I don't know if I can. And when you truly do things like affirmations, you truly start to believe it, it will change the landscape of your life and business in ways you never could, you know, like fathom. And I truly believe it starts in that positive mindset and just having your mind is is the biggest barrier or helper to success, in my opinion. 
I love it. And Andrew, something else I always like to ask um, for everybody that comes on this podcast is what is your why? Why do you do what you do? A lot of it's for my kids. So I saw this super awesome video. You know, it was hard for me to explain it. And I saw this video by Ed Milet and went, you said it better than ever I, I could. He he talks about, we, we if you have kids, you tell them typically they can do anything they want. They can achieve anything. The, the, anything that they could want, they can. They want to be an astronaut. They want to run a business. They want to be president of the United States. We tell them they can. And then they come home and they watch us not do that. Typically, they watch us not achieve things. They watch us go about it at kind of you know half pace or put some energy into it. And when I can't live with that, I have to show them. If I'm going to tell my kids anything's possible, I have to show them anything's possible. I want them to go. Dad was a normal guy and he achieved a heck of a lot. I guess I can too. And so a lot's based in that. The other element, and again, I hate to like use it from other people, but it's these things where I, I would have so much difficulty maybe saying this years ago. And I've seen folks with similar concepts and I go, oh my gosh, that's it. I told this to people before and then I saw this David Goggins clip and went, oh my gosh, like I'm not the only one. I truly have this thing of dying and being in heaven, being there with God. And he's like, I want to show you like you or like this, like, like highlight reel. And we're, we're watching it and you're like, well, that's not me. I didn't do that. Oh, I, I, nope, that's, nope, you got the wrong guy. And go, no, that's everything you were capable of if you would have been fully maxed out at your potential. So that truly like frightens me to a very driven level of, I know I'm capable of some really amazing things. It is such a waste of my literally God-given talent to not take that as far as I can. So that is a huge part of what drives me is I want my kids to know it's possible. And I want to know whatever I'm capable of, I want to hit that 100%. I don't want to live a 65% life or a 30% life or an 85% life. I want to live 100% life in everything I'm good at. There's things I'm not good at. I like to work on them. But the things I can truly do, I want to be the very best that I can be. I truly believe people are better can, like they're capable of so much more than they give themselves credit for or what they're ever really willing to push into. And so that's what drives me is I want to be the, the best that I can be. I think that's one of the best answers I've gotten for that question. And for me, that's frightening to think that I could be, I want to be the best dad. I want to be the best husband. I want to be the best entrepreneur. I want to coach up the, the attorneys the best way possible. I want to live life to the fullest and do kind of all of the things and I don't ever want to do something at 30%. That's just not me. So Andrew, where can attorneys, if they want to learn some more about what you do, how you help, um, how they can get started running some Google ads, how they can get better at marketing, sales, um, how can they contact you? How can they reach you? Super easy is LinkedIn. I mean, that's how we got connected. I try to be really um, a positive voice and really utilize social media. So I I like to post a lot of thoughts about business, running law firms, helping people, just some out of the box pieces. So whether it's Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, I try to be really active. So that's always the easiest. Give me a follow, say hi, shoot me a message, say, hey, I heard you on here. I'd love to get connected. We could grab a you know, virtual coffee at some point. Um, and then typically there, then I've got links to you know my eBooks or different things that we've got going on. And so then folks can kind of you know pick or choose what they might want to do. But I always say, my content's free. I really try. I try to follow the Alex Ramosi thing. He makes amazing content. So that's where I go. That's the bar to me. I'm always trying to get up to his kind of level at some point of, if that's to me the really, the, that's the pinnacle of it. It's I needed to be bringing that kind of game too. So I really try to make very thoughtful posts and videos to help other people where truly, if that's all they ever take in, 
it should be high value. Andrew, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. It has been a blast. I always love talking to you. And um, everybody who's listening in, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Tax Strategy Digest.